0: skirt a little more. show the world
1: to me <laughs>
0: all right welcome back to the organic football podcast and today, we're going to be breaking down the NFC South for you guys. We're moving along with our divisions here. Uh, we're going to try to grind through every one because there's a lot of information out there that you guys need to know. And uh, the division we're talking about today, well, there's let's say there's no shortage of uh, fantasy studs to talk about. Uh, wouldn't you agree with that one, Rich?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I think... Uh... Uh, good to see you again, Mark. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think you're going to see a lot of talent in this division. There's a lot of big fantasy names and a lot of fun guys to talk about. A couple of different sleeper guys, so I think it's a fun division and, and definitely excited to talk about it.
2: And I do think this division is going to put up points too. So. I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of fantasy owners very happy with these people.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just got four uh, four pretty good teams, you know. I mean, there's a couple that look like they're the cream of the crop, but all these teams have some uh, star potential big time. So first we are going to go to North Carolina. Raise up. We're going to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this is a team, they're definitely going through a, a rebuild, a reboot. I'm not sure what you want to call it, but... Uh, Cam Newton was released, and he has moved on from this franchise. And uh, Brad, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, What did you see from him last year, and how do you think he's going to be as the full-time starter in Carolina?
2: I thought he did really well when Drew Brees went down. I thought he kept that team cooking, and, you know, he led them to a lot of victories, so. You know, I think he's going to be a fine replacement. Will he? You know, lead him to a Super Bowl or anything great like that? I don't think so. But I think he's going to be, you know, probably a lot better than Cam Newton. He's going to take care of the ball, so that's a that's a plus.
1: Yeah, I think um, last season uh, Cam Newton was, you know, he he was pretty injured. So when you get um, Teddy Bridgewater out there to replace him, he's going to be a steady a steady hand to come in. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're going to see the turnovers. Um, I think he's just that steady quarterback. He's gonna get the ball where it needs to be. So, um you you see Carolina, they gave him uh three years, sixty-six million. It looks like um it is about twenty two million a year. They can get out of it after about two years. So I think they're just looking to have a nice bridge quarterback to get their their new uh era underway under Matt Rule. So um I think he'll be a steady quarterback fantasy wise. Um I don't think he's somebody I'm looking at but um steady's steady's good for all the um skill players there. Did you just refer to Teddy Bridgewater as a bridge quarterback? <laughs> he is a bridge quarterback. Yes. I just had
2: is. yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> so what you're saying is Teddy Bridgewater may be a bridge over troubled water for the Carolina Panthers? Whoa, Ooh, yes. Well put. <laughs> just kidding. Uh anyways, no, but I was going to say, you know, when Br- Drew Brees uh got hurt, you know, he injured the thumb and and Teddy Bridgewater came in. You know, I was kinda of blown away by uh by how well he played and how well he was able to just slide in. It seemed like Michael Thomas's numbers actually went up once Bridgewater uh got under center, so I think Bridgewater's gonna be a nice fit in Carolina. Um you know, he did have uh some injury issues early in his career, but I mean just he landed in the perfect spot as Drew Brees' backup, you know, with New Orleans. He played well, he cashed in, and now he's got a starting role right here in Carolina. Uh, I think he might be a pretty decent fantasy asset. He might be a a guy that surprises some people this year.
1: I don't know if I necessarily am looking to draft him. Um, He might be my backup type quarterback, uh, just something that's steady back there. But, you know, I I can trust him for 15 points and, and pretty much put him out there and just trust that plug in. That he'll be there but you know I'm looking for a little more a little more out of my quarterback position but you know that's that's my philosophy on it but what do you think Brett?
2: yeah if I went out and spent some money on a quarterback and you know it's coming down to the final just trying to fill some roster spots I had one dollar left I could see myself taking the bridgewater but most likely someone might take him for two and I wouldn't get him but I mean that's pretty much all I'd have in my budget for him just because I think there's a lot more talent out there but I do think bridgewater will keep you know, uh, McCaffrey's value up because he'll take care of the ball. He'll dish it out. So I don't think with Kyle Allen, you know, it, I think it dropped a little bit where I think McCaffrey will still be a beast this year because Bridgewater will help elevate those numbers.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's what I thought is that, yeah, like Teddy Bridgewater is good enough to like keep the value up of all like the skill guys around it. Um, I think it, I think he's good and and steady enough, and delivers the ball where it's supposed to be. delivers the ball on time. So I think he's he's able to get into a flow of an offense and utilize the weapons. So like there are a lot of good weapons, which I think we're about to get to. So
0: yeah, speaking of good hmm. weapons,
1: uh, weapon yeah. yeah, there's not
0: much of a better weapon out there than Christian McCaffrey these days. I mean, this kid he's just taken the fantasy uh, football world by storm the last few years and uh, he, he's just so dynamic out of the backfield. He can catch it. He can run it. He could, he gets the goal line carries. Um, you know, he can, he's make, elusive, man. He can make people miss. He can run people over, you know, he can really pretty much do anything you're looking for in the running back position.
2: Didn't he throw a touchdown last year?
0: <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked, dude, because yeah, he's uh he is a hell of a player, but Rich, when you look at Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he's obviously going to be one of the top, uh, most expensive draft picks in our league and any auction draft for that matter. So, you know, McCaffrey, what, what do you think is a price that people are going to go to on him?
1: I qualify him as one of those kind of top four separated guys at the running back position. So, um, I pretty much in, in our league, I'm, I'm looking at most people will value that around $75, um, you know that's that's a good chunk of money of your budget but um if it is as it's supposed to be and you get top four production and that work ho- workhorse type back you're okay to pay that money so i think he's going to be in that range uh, and you never know like i think Brad and i were talking about this before um you never know somebody could get i'm going to make this happen type thing for a player and they could peak it up to 80 i mean you know 90 this one crazy motherfucker in our league went to 90 (laughs) you never know uh but you know so i mean i think it's toned down since then a little bit the the 90 kind of like brought everybody back to earth and said hey why don't we chill out a little bit um What the fuck just happened? What the hell is this? Yeah, so I've kind of gone back to where I value those guys around 75, and I think most of the guys in the league kind of see the, the top, top back as the $75. I don't see any reason to really think that he wouldn't be used in almost the exact same ways and be producing at the exact same levels this year.
0: I did, real quick, I did have a thought about that with Christian McCaffrey because maybe it's my imagination, but it seems like he was – you know, Ron Rivera, when he was the coach there, was, was just fine with leaving McCash free in the game, whether it's a blowout, whether it's the fourth quarter and the game's out of reach. McCaffrey's still in there, and he's getting some of the garbage time touchdowns It's one thing that I noticed. And, uh, you know, a lot of other coaches will pull their backs out, you know, if the game's out of reach, so or their starters or their star players out. So I'm just wondering if, you know, Matt Rule in there, if if he's gonna have the same philosophy with McCaffrey where he's just leaving him in no matter what, regardless of the score.
1: Yeah, that that'll be interesting to see. I I mean that that is one thing to like kind of look at. Like that's what I that's kinda of like the work I like to do in preseason. Is kinda of, so I mean this year might be even a little more messed up because of like um you know I, I heard today they might shorten the preseason to two games. So you know there's just um but that's the work I would do in preseason is I would say okay I have a question mark like that okay what's Matt Rule like so like let's kind of see like what's he is he giving a lot of reps to like I I look at the depth chart and you got um Reggie Bonifin is the one guy who was like really like his backup last year but they also signed Mike Davis so like I could see Mike Davis in that kind of role where you're saying like the cleanup role here comes a big like Bruiser like Mike Davis and like let him be the goal line guy a little bit. Um, I could see that, so that's that's the stuff I look out for. I, I really start like that. I start like kind of like a little research page where I say, okay, let's check in on that. So let's check in as. As the preseason progresses, let's look at the practice reports and see where that's kind of leaning and see if that's still like, okay, is Christian McCaffrey going to be kind of one of those guys who like comes back to earth just a little bit and he's more like number five instead of like, oh, I'm drafting him as number one.
2: Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with him as number one. He had probably one of the heaviest workloads I've ever seen of a back. He never seemed like he was going to get injured. He took on the workload and just got points like left and right. So even if I, his workload gets taken back a little, I just see that being more efficient for him. So no matter what, I see him getting the points that you want. So to me, he's one, one A, one B back, 72, 80 bucks. You know, some people are going to, after seeing him last year, I could see two guys really going after him this year. So. I could see him like, you know, 76, 77, quick, quick, 78, 79 or something. So
1: you could see this guy
0: going. <laughs> it definitely could turn into a bidding war with a player of his caliber, no doubt.
2: 88,
0: 89, yeah. 90, 90, 91, 92. No, no, it just keeps no, going no, up. No, no. <laughs> That's funny. All right. No, so no. looking at the uh, wide receiver position there. Carolina, they have uh three receivers. Robbie Anderson came over from the Jets, and then they also have D.J. Moore and uh, Curtis Samuel, and all three of these guys kind of shown some things in their careers. You know, Robbie Anderson's the new guy in town, but, you know, D.J. Moore had a really good year last year, even with Kyle Allen throwing him the ball, and, you know, Kyle Allen wasn't that steady for most of the year. And Curtis Samuel's had some pretty big games, uh, multiple touchdown games here and there. So uh, I'm just wondering, Rich, you know, is DJ Moore the guy you're kind of uh, keeping an eye on the most in the Carolina uh, wide receiver core?
1: To be honest with you, I'm I'm more interested in Christian McCaffrey being on my roster, but um, <laughs> so I wouldn't be looking into the wide receivers. But uh, but to tell you the truth, I would if if I was looking for one of those guys, it'd probably be Robbie Anderson that I would look at. Um, I just see him as that um, over the top speed, that elusiveness, and you know, so I I would kind of throw him into my flex considerations, and that's where I try to put in one of those type of guys who can just, like, take the top off. So, like – he could end up with two big old touchdowns. That's kind of like what I get after. So like uh, Robbie Anderson, um, he's a deep threat. So that's, that's where most of his pass catches come from is the deep ball. So I'm looking for that when I, when I go for that type of receiver, there might be some consistency with like a DJ Moore though. Um, I could see that Curtis Samuel. That's the thing is they're all very good wide receivers though. I do agree on that.
2: Yeah. Like Rich said, uh, I like Christian McCaffrey too. So, Whenever I'm looking at players, running backs, wide receivers, I try not to double up from the same team, just from a fantasy standpoint of there's only one touchdown when they're driving down and I have two guys. So that means one guy is not going to get a touchdown. That doesn't sit well with me. So if I'm going to double it up, I like wide receiver, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, stuff like that. So I definitely, uh, of those three, I really don't know if I can say preseason, which one I like more. I would really kind of keen on those two, four games that we have preseason and kind of see who Teddy kind of develops a relationship with. Because I think all three are going to be somewhat cheap. But if I had to guess, I'd probably go DJ Moore.
1: I like how Brad said it. it doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> it sit well with me.
0: It's just, it's just not sitting well.
2: Uh... <laughs> My tummy rumbles.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> not right.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Uneasy.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, it's hard to kind of judge which one's going to be be the guy this early on, but I think DJ Moore kind of, uh, he showed some flashes last year. He just, he caught a couple big touchdowns, you know, but I I wouldn't say any of them are ready to be your, really your wide receiver two, you know, on your fantasy team yet, but they're the kind of guys that you're keeping an eye on and saying, okay, one of them might just uh, break out. And just getting back to McCaffrey, man, and how his... uh, price tag might just skyrocket at the draft. Uh, click 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 91 92 just keep clicking it. click click click
1: no more clickies. no more clickies. <laughs> 75 is my max clickies. <laughs> everybody gets to know about my 75 number now. <laughs> i don't really want to go over 75. <laughs>
2: You can keep him, and I'll take every other back.
0: <laughs> well, see, that's the thing, though, Brad. Is you might, you know, if somebody else gets Christian McCaffrey, you might be looking at those receivers. No, there's still some other backs out there, trust me. I mean, yeah, if you don't get McCaffrey, you might be like, oh, DJ Moore might be a little more interesting. If you were more like
1: a Zeke owner or something,
0: yeah, it probably
2: wouldn't really be that interesting. Maybe DJ you get, Moore.
1: maybe you get pushed off a wide receiver you really like or something. Maybe one of these Carolina what? guys be available. To what you. do you <laughs> think these wide receivers go
2: for? Any. Any of them
1: go for more than a buck?
0: Uh, You might get a two or a three. but
1: I think five is max on any of these guys. Yeah, I think DJ Moore might be the guy who goes for five bucks. Yeah, Yeah. Robbie
2: Sanderson, two, three bucks. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so, like, they're they're a good option. Like, if, you know, you have one of those, like, value receivers that you can't just get, like, you were planning on spending, like, 20 or something on, then, like, you could, like, fall back to, like, some of these type of guys. Or
0: say you pay, like (laughs) – 67 or 68 for Michael Thomas this year, Brad, because you want him so bad. And then, Michael Thomas? Oh, I'll take uh, doesn't I'll want Anderson Michael for Thomas. Two bucks.
2: Dude, I wouldn't even take Michael Thomas for $7. Okay. <laughs>
0: Just
2: throwing it out there, guys.
0: Okay. What buddy. are you talking
2: about? All right, maybe eight. Maybe you You'd pay it.
1: 17. I know it. You'd pay 17. No, that doesn't sound like me. I think this so. It doesn't sound like me. All right. Yeah. Well, we're not on New Orleans yet, so we can't get there. Let's keep focused on Carolina. You're talking Michael Thomas.
0: <laughs>
1: he brought it up, not me. He did. Okay. Uh, all
0: right. Maybe you're talking
1: about Ian Thomas. You're talking about Ian
0: Thomas. Oh, that's what it was. He was trying or to. Or
2: maybe organically, we just want to talk about the Saints.
0: He was organically segueing right into the uh, Ian Thomas talk and uh... – <laughs> Rich, let me ask you about their tight end, Ian Thomas. uh, They did let Greg Olson go. He signed with Seattle, and Ian Thomas is now their number one tight end. Uh, He might be one of those guys you want to keep on your uh, fantasy radar. He might uh, have some production this year. What do you think, Rich?
1: Uh, I thought he filled in pretty admirably for uh, Greg Olson when he was injured, so – I thought he started to get into a pretty good groove there, tight end with the with the running back situation. I kind of like when, when there's a good running back, I like to look at the tight end situation because I kind of think it filters down. I've always thought that. So um, Ian Thomas, he looked pretty good. Um, I'd be interested. I, I think he's a nice, cheap, tight end option that you can get some good fantasy value out of so you know if i'm paying a dollar or two dollars out of him and he ends up being a top 12 uh tight end that's that's good value for me so i like him
0: right on man brad has zero thoughts about ian thomas so we will
1: yeah that's right he don't like ian thomas all right whatever yeah that's right
0: i mean for a dollar or two he could be like last year's Noah fan.
2: you know he he could definitely be good a dollar or two, there's that Noah Fant name again.
0: There's a lot of tight ends that could be good for a dollar or two. That's our job yeah. to to guide the people and tell them, Ian Thomas, that's the guy you want for your two dollars. Maybe I can't do it. You can't do two Brad bucks. Doesn't I...
1: like... Brad doesn't like <laughs> it. So you'd rather you'd rather pay two bucks for who then as a uh... tight end? Give me one. Give me one.
2: I like Noah Fant. <laughs> I like <laughs> okay. Hunter Henry. I think Hunter he Henry's might be cheap. $2. He's not two bucks. He's like five, seven. Yeah, I think I'm going to spend on a tight end this year. Surprise, surprise, guys. Uh,
1: (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) I like the top tight ends.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's like two of them, and I want one of them. Makes sense. Interesting. Which two are they,
0: Mark? Which Uh, two are they? Well, knowing you, it's going to be Kittle and Kelsey. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Maybe maybe Trey Burton? Are you looking at Trey Burton this year? Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't even think he's on the Bears anymore. He's terrible. All right, uh, so we'll move to the Carolina defense, and this is kind of interesting. You know, I was looking at their defense and their depth chart, and Luke Keekley is not there. And I, did he retire? I honestly don't remember.
2: He retired. Too many hits to the head, man.
0: Yeah, oh, man. I remember a couple of games where he was concussed, and it, it did not look very good out there on the field. So that's...
2: He's uh, one of my favorite linebackers. I really liked him.
0: Yeah, he was a really good player. He was. He played with a lot of uh, fire, man. Just a lot of gusto going out there. Gusto. And, uh, yeah, he's a good player. So that's too bad. He retired a little early. Must have been too many hits, like he said. So the rest of their defense, uh, well, he was their big star. So I'm not seeing a whole lot here. Uh, What do you think, Rich? Is the Carolina defense going to be a blip on the old fantasy radar
1: did you say something about too many hits (laughs) i don't think that's possible
0: Uh, too many blunt force (laughs) trauma hits to his dome i think i don't know
1: Carolina defense, I'm not really all that interested. I do think this will be a division, like Brad said earlier, that will score a lot of points. I, I, overall, I, I'm looking at Carolina as not that great of a team. They're going to they're put up points themselves but not be that great of a team. So I'm not that interested. They had some losses. Gerald McCoy is gone. So I, I'm not interested in the defense. Uh, sad to see keekley go. I thought I thought he was a real good linebacker for sure good fun player to watch and yeah he did he, he had too many hits that that guy actually did uh, for our purposes there's no such thing
0: keep hitting it <laughs> just keep hitting it <laughs> and I also
2: think that uh Keekly was their general you know now I feel like they're going to be struggling to find a new identity like what's their defense so they're gonna have a lot of games like they're just going to give up a lot of points. So they might get a couple of sacks here and there, but, you know, you give up 30 points in a game, you're looking at only a couple of points for defense. And it's not a recipe for success.
0: Right on. All right. Well, we did it, fellas. We made it to one team. Are you guys ready for another?
2: Dun, 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 dun.
0: That's good, because we are heading down to the ATL. In fact, it's going to say ATL on their jerseys this year as they are uh, redesigned their jerseys. But the Atlanta Falcons, and this is a squad that, I mean, traditionally they can – Put up a lot of points, do a lot of damage out there. And uh, you know, their QB Matt Ryan, he's steady, he's solid. Um, he's been a fantasy stud in the past, and he's had some down years here and there as well. So Rich, uh, is Matt Ryan a top ten quarterback to you this year? He's close. I think he's close there. He's sitting about ten or so,
1: with like um with potential to be about top five, I would guess. That'd be about my range, floor and ceiling for him. I could see him having a bounce back year. Having a good year there. What's up, Brad? Top five. Top five. I think he could be number five.
2: No, that's a stretch. A seven, eight best.
1: That's what you think. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think he could be top five. You know, what do you think, Mark? You don't think he can he could squeak into a top five position?
0: Uh, I, no, I think it's a possibility. I, I'm not gonna write it off.
1: Two seasons ago, he was the number one fantasy quarterback.
0: Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, he's not that far removed. Yeah, then
2: they got their asses kicked by the Patriots and no one's been the same on that team.
0: And that <laughs> ever since that Super Bowl, man, that has been a long Super Bowl hangover, though, Brad, you're right. Yeah. Because they went from mm-hmm. having a great team that year, having a 28 to 3 lead in the Super Bowl to uh
2: blowing that. They were sizing the rings on the side of, yeah. you know, like No, they're no getting way. their ring sized. It was just like, okay.
0: They play they played well
1: at the end of the year last year. Uh they they were fighting for their coach's job at the end of the year last year. They played pretty well. So I think there's like gonna be some carryover. I think they'll play for Dan Quinn again coming into this year. I think they have good offensive options. They bring in Todd Gurley. Um, I think it I think it's a good situation. I think it'll settle him down and, and Matt Ryan, I think he'll have some time to throw the ball. I think he'll I think he'll achieve some some good things this year.
2: Oh, I think he'll definitely get some good fantasy production. I think uh, for I don't think a lot of people are going to pay hefty price on him, so you can get him relatively cheap and kind of like what I did last year with Josh Allen. You can get him at a relatively cheap price and someone that's just going to solid get solid numbers for you week in and week out. So I definitely think fantasy wise, that's that's quality
1: if I pay like three bucks, if I pay five bucks and he's the number seven quarterback, I'm going to be pretty happy with that. I think. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at at Matt Ryan and he's, you know, it's a situation where you're going to fall back on him as your uh, quarterback. I mean, if you spend big on running back and wide receiver and just go out and get studs, Hey, maybe you get Matt Ryan for five, six bucks. That's nice. He'll, He'll probably be able to help carry your team. That, that might be the makings of a good squad. So Yeah, I like Matt Ryan. Uh, Todd Gurley, like you said, he came over rich from the Rams, and he's looking for, uh, you know, a reboot himself. He's looking for a little rejuvenation in his career. He's had uh, some injury problems, but like you said, a good situation on a really good offense. And, you know, do you think, Brad, that Todd Gurley can get back to his old form, can get back to catching out of the backfield and, you know, just rumbling, stumbling for some big TDs out there?
2: Whenever I have a, a guy with two years of big-time injuries, a lot of missed playing time, I have a lot of uh, skepticism about trying to put that guy on my team. While he might produce well and do do good, am I willing to take that risk? Because what if he gets injured again? I can't. It's hard for me to roster a guy with injuries two years in a row. I kind of want to see how he's going to produce before I can trust him to come back on my team. A lot of trust on my team. And, you got to
0: earn it. Circle of trust. That's right.
2: Circle of trust.
1: Brad runs his team with a circle of trust, for sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: Every Thursday we have dinner.
0: And as soon as you're out, he kicks your ass to the curb. Bye-bye. Never
2: look bad.
1: Trade, bitch. <laughs> well,
0: that's good. Yeah, I mean, I think Todd Gurley, I mean, uh, he's going to be a nice draft pick. Whoever gets him, I mean – so, you know, he's on a new team, so you don't know how it's all going to shake out. But What do you think he goes for? The, the other thing you can't forget, he went to the University of Georgia, you know. So he has some roots there in Atlanta. That might get him fired up, having some hometown fans, uh, you know, out there cheering for him. So, um, you know, I think he'll probably go for between 40 and 50, I would guess. Maybe on the high end he goes for over 50. But I don't know. I'm looking at it like it might be a pretty good investment on draft day.
2: Rich is leaving the room. He said 50 bucks on Gurley. Rich is out
1: of here.
0: That, that's what I would pay for. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. No, no
1: 50 on Gurley. Whoa. I, would, I was thinking
0: my fantasy advice, I would probably say 35. All right. He's got Edo Smith Ooh. and Brian Hill backing him up. He's going to get the rock. I mean, if Devontae Freeman could produce in that offense, you don't think Todd Gurley can? Ooh.
2: But Mark, you you're gonna waste fifty five dollars on a guy that could have two bum knees, you know?
0: I'm saying it's a risk, but I'm looking at it like I'm looking at the optimistic point of view. Like he's gonna get. Well, back how to much his does Dalvin
2: Cook go for? You know, wouldn't you rather you take your fifty five and well, go get Dalvin Cook? He only had one one year of injuries. Um,
0: uh, maybe. I mean, he might be on a little bit of a better team too. But you know, Dalvin Cook. Uh, like you said, I mean, he has no con- non-contact injuries. He goes running down the field and, you know, his knee explodes for no particular reason. So it's a little different. I mean, Todd Gurley, he's took a lot of hits, uh, yeah. but maybe he can get back to his old form, man. I'm being optimistic. I mean,
2: I wouldn't be actually be surprised if Mark is kind of right. He does actually go way higher than we suspect, 35, what we value him at, just because whatever every year in our league, top backs are very coveted. So what happens is people go and they pay for them and then people miss out. And so they start reaching cause they, they're like, Oh, I want a top back. Here's a starter.
1: He couldn't even, I, I don't know. He couldn't practice. I mean, like uh, I, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine spending <laughs> that. Duke
2: Johnson, Duke Johnson went for like 35 bucks last year. Damian yeah. Williams
0: went for $43, bro. Yeah. Well,
1: what happens is is people are getting antsy. People are getting antsy about running backs, and they're like, I got to secure one. So there's just like, middle range where it's, like, people way overpay for people. Like, there's just, like, this middle time of the draft where people are like, oh, I got to get somebody secured right now.
0: I feel like, you know, if you're looking at Gurley and Le'Veon Bell, I'd be more apt to pay more for Gurley because I'm just banking on a healthy year versus Bell, who I just thinks in a bad situation and you know not not motivated. At least he wasn't last year. So you know, Gurley, like you said, you think maybe the motivation factor, the change of scenery, and I mean, it's a health thing too. You know, it's like you're banking on him having a healthier year if you're paying that much. You're a believer. You know, you got to.
1: That's what scares me, and that's why I would devalue him. Is like I've seen yeah. two years in a row of injuries and li- literally like them not even being able to utilize him the way they'd want to, because he's limited by injury. So like, I've seen it over the past few years. So like, I just like would worry about that and, and chunking that much money into It's just like,
2: yeah. quarter um, of
1: your bankroll
2: is a lot,
1: dude. Like I'd be interested in talking girly around 20 bucks. I would be willing like, I can take a 10% hit on my value but i can't take it I, I can't take it when it's 40 bucks like that's just that's too much like and people yeah i mean i do understand that people like they hear Todd Gurley or they think Todd Gurley they 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 hear the name yeah and i get it and and i do i do give value to what you said like here's Todd Gurley he's going to get the rock like okay that that is true as long as he is healthy enough to get the rock that much like if i was them i might be a little uh, I might be a little weary of doing that considering he's had two years of not being able to carry the rock. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, I, I, I do agree. You're right. People, people get a little antsy. They, they pay a little too much for the running backs. So I could see Todd Gurley going for a lot of money, which I just won't pay.
2: <laughs> what I did notice about Gurley too is he wasn't actually getting a lot of those third and ones, like on the goal line and stuff. He wasn't actually getting those that push anymore. So I feel like with the knees and the injuries, he's kind of lost a little bit of a step. I don't know if he gains it back for a year, half a year, because like you said, Georgia closer to home, rejuvenation. But I don't know. It would be hard pressed for me to put that much money on a question mark. I would rather a surefire deal. Invest twenty more dollars, go get a McCaffrey. You know, and take ten dollars off and go get a Gordon, something like that. So he's just kind of that really big question mark for that much money. So I'd rather go get Michael Thomas for 50. So there's just so much other places I'd rather put my money.
0: Yeah, the big big question mark uh, for me is, you know, really how Sean McVay was utilizing him last year. You know, like you said, Brad, he was taking him out on the third and one or the second and goal. And Malcolm Brown had five touchdowns for the Rams last year. You know, so you just wonder, I mean, Gurley still finished with uh, 14 touchdowns, which was pretty decent performance considering the injuries. So I just wonder, you know, if with a healthy offseason and if, you know, Dan Quinn is going to commit to just giving him the rock. Because, you know, it seemed like Sean McVay was definitely utilizing the platoon method, whether it was to save Gurley's knees or not. But that did cut into his fantasy value last year. Well, no doubt. I, I, I agree.
1: If, if, if he is the back, like, like from what I can see from the roster construction, he is the lead back. Um, If he's the lead back, if he's healthy and he's running with that burst again, and he's running with that cut again, then, Oh heck. Yeah. He's, he's good value. Then then 35, 40 bucks, then that would be good value for him. But I, I, i I can't weigh that risk like that to me that's that's what you're doing when you build your roster is saying I'm not gonna take this risk with this money i'm gonna i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep thirty five dollars that's in a non risk factor i'm gonna find the player that I feel like doesn't carry risk at that value
2: yeah, and I think one thing that we should all pay attention to, which we've never actually had to deal with before, at least that I can remember, but going into this season and drafting. When you have a guy coming on to a new team, we need to remember that they're not going to get a lot of playing time or practice time with the new squad. So if it's a new playbook, you know, there might be some adjustment adjustment periods, you know, in games going forward. So they might not get fully up to par until week two, three, four. So that might be something just to pay attention to. I don't know if it actually waivers too much of your decision, but just
1: something to pay attention to. I usually think about that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, shortened preseason. You know, they're talking about like you said, Rich, two games. You know, it might, it could have an effect, and yeah, it, it may may take till the end of September for some of these teams to gel or for some of these uh, new free agents to really pick up the offense. So that's a good point. But all right, well, that was a good debate about Mr. Todd Gurley. You know, uh, he's a he's a beast. We'll see if he can uh, continue that. He's been a beast. I should was say. a beast. He was a beast at one point. He Was a beast. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's still got a little bit a uh, little bit left in him, but
1: uh, we'll see if he's got the juice. Maybe I'll look to trade for him. I'll <laughs> trade good. for him, mid-season. that's good, man. I'll keep my, if he's uh, got the juice. If he's on my <laughs>
0: roster, I'll keep my uh, my my phone on at all hours for you, bro. Just let me know. Man.
1: You'll you'll know that yeah, <laughs> the trade door is open, on Mr. Todd Gurley If he's a healthy, <laughs> back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: funny. All right, so looking at the receiving core guys, and well, Julio Jones. Uh, you know, what can you say about him? He's just a great player, all-pro year after year. You know, he's he's going to be a high-dollar pick. Uh Calvin Ridley is one of those guys that is a little bit of a dice roll, but you know, might turn into uh might turn into a stud this year. So Brad, when you look at uh Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, you know, what what are your uh thoughts about drafting those two guys?
2: Uh these are probably the two guys in the team I'm most interested in. I do like Matt Ryan, like I said, for cheap, but I do think he's going to throw a lot of yards. I think most – I'm more likely interested in Calvin Ridley just because of his price tag. Julio Jones is going to go for 50-plus because he's a top three wide receiver for sure. So, But I think he's going to draw a lot of double teams. So with Ridley's talent and speed, I feel like he's going to get open. And with what he did last year, I mean, if you can get him for, like, you know, less than five five seven bucks, I feel like that's a – you know a uh, high quality flex one position so he he's kind of got the more I'm targeting this year on that team
1: I uh what I got a little distracted there Brad you said you like Ridley better right
2: <laughs> uh just because of the price Julio Jones I feel like he's going to get a lot of double teams and stuff so
1: yeah I like Ridley a lot man or triple teams I like Ridley a lot he uh he surprised me last year he was like you know I see him as a speedster, but he was going up and getting fifty-fifty balls and using him in the red zone. So I like that guy. I think he had about eight, nine touchdowns last year, and that. Um, that I, I agree. He's gonna Julio's gonna catch a lot of double teams, and that'll free him up a lot. And then it kind of leads me to like I like Hayden Hurst, kind of like as a nice cheap tight end option too in that in that receiving court. But I, yeah, I like um I like Calvin Ridley a lot too. So it depends on the value on him, how much I think he goes for. I don't know. But uh, I think five to seven. I was gonna say five to ten range, like it might be some pretty good value, like you said, for a flex spot.
0: Yeah, man. Uh for sure. And they bring in Hayden Hurst, you know, they had Austin Hooper last year. They had him they drafted Austin Hooper and it, you know, they let him go uh to Cleveland. And it's kind of reminded me of the the Greg Olson situation with the Bears where they drafted him and developed him for three or four years you know, until right about the time he was having an all-pro year, uh, similar to Austin Hooper, and then they let him go. So I'm just curious if Austin Hooper is really going to, you know, step his game up in Cleveland and take it to the next level. But, you know, Hayden Hurst, uh, he's a guy, he he had some moments in Baltimore, but I wanna I wouldn't call him anything special. But co- coming over to this offense, you know, the way Matt Ryan does utilize the tight end, and he did last year, Yeah, I could expect some nice things from Hayden Hurst. And, yeah, I mean, the whole receiving core, I mean, Matt Ryan's going to get him the ball, and obviously Julio Jones is going to be, like you said, he's going to go for over $50. He's going to be a top three receiver, you know, every year pretty much. That's a guy that, hey, if you're willing to pay and go out and get him, that's a nice cornerstone of your roster, you know, a guy like Julio Jones.
2: Well, I think Turtle's going to get every Atlanta player this year, so I think he's kind of going to be off the books. (laughs)
0: It's kind of funny because
1: you might be able to get Russell Gage maybe. Uh, he probably he really likes that guy too though, so yeah. who
0: knows.
2: <laughs> you just got auto draft set up for a team and that's it.
0: <laughs> and then Turtle <laughs> would probably draft the Atlanta defense even though uh, nobody else is probably going to uh, take them. They did get Dante Fowler as their linebacker, but you know, Dion Jones, if he's healthy, there's a defense that's got some playmakers, but I do like their
1: system, and it, it it might be someone I would take a flyer on. They're they're a dollar defense that I I could see putting on my roster. Uh, they 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 could have some upside. They make some plays. They get after the ball. It's Dan Quinn's defense, so I, I do like the I do like the defense maybe for a buck.
2: Yeah, if I have a very stout team, and you know I, I I paid heavy on every position, and I'm feeling very good about my team, I'm okay with Atlanta for a dollar. But if I'm trying to uh, really strengthen my defense to get ahead on people then I'd probably go somewhere else. But you know, if I like the rest of my team, you know, I'd get two defenses and just hope Atlanta works out. So
0: obviously that that defense is gonna play in a division, you know, against teams that are gonna put up massive amounts of points. So it, it's a it's a flyer, it's a risk, but all right, fellas, well what's that sound? Cougar! Cougar! Oh that's right. Damn time it is now time, the moment you've all been waiting for, a uh, little herbal intermission as we like to do around here, so, you know, let's, uh, let's send it over to Rich, and buddy, let me know, we made it through two teams, so tell me, what's puffing today, bro? What's up? What's up? Let's, let's
1: smoke some weed. Like you know, we weren't smoking weed before, but you know, we've always been smoking weed. But we're gonna we're gonna still call this our break time. <laughs> uh, today I've got some more selectively cartridges going. I've got a strawberry haze, um, a pretty good sativa again today. What I had noted today is that there's a suggested serving of one three second draw.
0: <laughs> One, one, three-second draw. (laughs) I'm just wondering if you're gonna follow the (laughs) the CDC guidelines on that, man. Because I mean,
1: I may have exceeded that by about um, twenty times in this hour already. So, (laughs) but no, yeah. Usually, I was saying last time that I did this, I take about you know an eight to ten-second draw, and I take about four or five. So. That's usually where I'm at. You know, uh, we'll we'll have to go above and beyond, uh, but I'll take a drag today. (sighs) Longer than recommended, and um, it's pretty good. Uh, I don't know if I'm tasting too much strawberry in it. kind of just um, gives me that general weed taste. Um, It tastes pretty good, though. I I, I like it. Um, I have been smoking it most of this time already. So Um, strawberry haze, select wheat rocking pretty good i like it i have been i have been feeling pretty good have been enjoying my fantasy talk so it's a pretty good product i like it
0: you're such a rebel man i wonder if maybe you know select elite should change their uh labeling on the package and recommend more of like a 10 second draw or something like that i mean you know they need to let the people enjoy it it's
1: the big liability man they probably take on liability i understand so, you know, use it at your own discretion, but you know, give me an 8-second, give me a 10-second hit. That's, that's where I'm at with it. Right I'm such a rebel.
2: <laughs> uh, you know me. It's like those small pack of Skittles where it's like 12 servants, and you're like, what? It's like, <laughs> yeah, 3.4 Skittles per person. You're like, come on, man. Yeah, that's all, that's all mine. That's, that's yeah. mine Skittles is one servant per pack. Let's be real.
0: Speaking of Skittles, man, is Marshawn Lynch still in the league this year? I don't even know.
1: Yeah, they talked about it for a little while, but then they signed Carlos Hyde. So.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Uh, probably not. Probably not this year. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch, he was, on, uh, he was on a show I watched, Westworld, on HBO. He was on that this year.
0: Really? He's on that show?
1: Yeah. Wait, he, he played like a mercenary. Are there skittles? There? <laughs> Actually, I do think they made a nod to him having skittles at one point. Yeah, <laughs> they made like a little thing.
0: It's funny. That would have been fun to be at one of those games and just start chucking skittles like down in the crowd there. <laughs> Even yeah. Seahawks.
2: Yeah. Sea chickens. But then you'd have to be a Seahawks fan, and so that would suck.
0: All right, Brad, so uh, why don't you tell the people how you came up with the universal sign to call your homies over when it was time to smoke, man, the caca.
2: When we were in college, I'd I'd be uh, selling, like, a bunch of weed and shit, so I'd always have, like, uh, lumpy stuff to smoke. And so, like, we'd smoke and shit, and then, like, all of a sudden, like, everyone's like, dude, let me get on that. So it was, like, 12 fucking people or something. So these circles got huge, and I was like, dude, fuck that shit. I don't want these circles that big. Right. So uh, I, I came up with this, good
1: girl, good girl,
2: and so I'd only tell like four or five people of that sound. And so in the party, I just do the sound, and they all knew that I was about to smoke and meet me like on the side of the house. So I just go. So that way, house, I could be like, hey man, you want to smoke? Because everyone smoke. around like, oh, yeah, uh... you want to smoke, guys? Oh, can I just get a pub? Oh shit, I don't Ooh. have five bucks. Ooh, can a I get a hit? Get a yeah. I don't have five bucks though. Can I just still get a hit? <laughs> Yeah, man. So, yeah.
1: yeah. So, that's
0: where the cacao came call from. It. Uh, that's was yeah. so just like to call your crew over so all the stragglers didn't come and fucking start yeah. puffing
1: on you. Oh, your yeah. He'd, he'd do it and you'd see three or four of us. All of our heads would just, like, peek <laughs> up. We'd all look at each other and, like, go, yeah. all fucking kind of, like, one at a time would, like, bounce out and walk out. And, uh, Game time. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs>
0: well, just, just you staying on the side of the house, Brad, is making me uh, remember when, uh, my one buddy Rob brought over a gas mask when we were out there at the side of my friend's house and just, Ooh, that was a, that was a fun one. Gas mask will get you, man. You guys tried yeah, one I of think those? I've never done, like, smoking out of the gas I did mask. It one oh.
2: time, but I tried to burn my eyes a little bit. I'm not yeah, sure.
0: it was, It's just all in your face and you just, yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, but that's back when it was Mexi Dirtweed, you know, It was basically what you're smoking out of. I mean, if if Dank came to our town back in the day, you know, it's like, oh, somebody's got Dank. You know, everybody wants to hang out with them. Otherwise, it was sticks and seeds and, you know.
2: That uh, brick weed, we call it. No one likes that brick weed.
0: It's totally different now, man. Like, the stuff uh, at the shops is just, like, mind-blowing.
2: Yeah, if you ever want to see something really funny, watch like people that grew up in the 70s smoke this bud for the first time. It is the funniest shit in the yeah, world. They
1: no when idea. they see it, they're just like, what oh, is yeah. that?
0: <laughs> like bright green, got all these hairs on it, like, oh, fucking
1: shit. Yeah, great. and then it hits them, and they're just like, what What has happened? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the
2: weed now is at like 34% THC back in the 70s it was probably like 7, 8 percent 7
1: yeah yeah <laughs> alright
0: you got time for a dab? you always got time for a dab right?
2: yeah I'm gonna do like a couple dabs before bed <laughs>
0: before bed just a bunch yeah. this
2: sleep. Mark I literally wake up sometimes you know what, like some people you, you like wake up and turn over and you're like oh I just gotta stretch real quick and I go right back to bed I get up and take a dab and I go back to bed. It's it's a commitment, Mark. It's a
0: commitment. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Alright guys, and we're gonna get back into the uh breakdowns on the NFC South and uh wanna thank you real quick, Rich, for that herbal intermission. The uh strawberry select elite vape. Sounded pretty tasty. So, uh, how's that one got you feeling over there, Rich? How are you feeling, man?
1: Feeling pretty fucking groovy, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, groovy. All right. Cool, bro. Uh, so, we're looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this team... Well, it's uh it's pretty much been revamped and remade, and it's New England South. I don't know what else to call it. Uh, they bring in Tom Brady after uh, Jameis Winston departed, and Tom Brady is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So that is uh well that's gonna be different. Um, I'm wondering how much gas he has left in the tank, but uh I'm thinking with uh, Bruce Arians being the coach, Brad, uh I'm thinking Tom Brady uh might be able to. Have a pretty stellar year. What are you thinking, buddy?
2: Yeah, I think he's actually going to do pretty good. You know, I'm not really quite sure on his value, what he's going to go for. I mean, the man's almost fucking, I don't know, almost 50 or something.
0: He's a little long in the tooth, you might say.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, 15, 20 bucks, I think he could be a top 7, 8 quarterback this year. I mean, he's got just so many, so many options. Bruce Arians does really well with quarterback. You know, I like that division. They're going to score points. So I, I I don't know. I think it's a really good situation. A lot of things add up. So, and I don't think he's too old. I feel like a new situation trying to prove people wrong. The one thing Tom Brady does well is prove people wrong. I don't think this is like a Todd Gurley thing. I wonder. Big question mark. You know, you get him for fifteen, twenty, twenty-five bucks. I think you got a solid quarterback.
1: Well, I don't. I don't want to pay that much for him. Um, but I'd be. You interested don't pay
2: for quarterbacks though.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, personally, I don't pay for quarterbacks. I don't want to. Uh, not anymore. I, I paid that, like, I, I paid, like, uh, 25 for that Deshaun Watson year, I think. Is that what I did? Yeah. That's exactly so, what it was. So I wasn't happy with it, and now I've kind of, like, gotten off of, like, spending that much on a quarterback. But um, so if I could get Tom Brady for that 10 to 15 range, then I'd definitely be interested in that range. Um I don't want to spend more than 10 really on a quarterback. But at 10 bucks and getting a guy who could be top five with those weapons, um, I'm interested in that. I think there's kind of like been a misconception about like, oh, like Brady can't throw the deep ball. I think that like, the skill players and and the the offense that they had in New England kind of just led it lented itself to that, whereas I think I think Tom Brady does have the ability to still throw that ball, so should be pretty prolific there really if you look at that.
0: Yeah, and you just think about I mean Bruce Arians and his career, like you said, Brad, working with quarterbacks. I mean he worked with Peyton Manning. You know, back in the day with the Colts, when Peyton Manning was just a you know a youngster, and you know to come full circle and then have Tom Brady under his wing, you know, in the year 2020, it's pretty interesting, man. I I just feel like Bruce Arians is kind of that guy that has the Midas touch with some of these quarterbacks, and it's not like uh, Tom Brady, you know, needs a needs to be coached up a whole lot, but I imagine that uh, that Bruce Arians will really get him. Uh, get this offense humming with Brady under center.
1: I would think, you know, the, that he's like rejuvenated, trying to work with some, collaborate with somebody else besides Bill Belichick. So he gets to be, you know, in the part of the process with Bruce Arians and and just like, you know, much more of a fun setting for him and just something different that he's never done before. So I think it's going to rejuvenate him. He's going to be excited. I think he'll be amped and ready to play and ready to produce in that offense so I think it's going to be I think it could be really really
2: good yeah I don't know if there's a better coach that he could have went to like someone that is an old school coach that respects him and also teaches well like maybe a Mike Tomlin would have been really great to see Tom Brady with but I don't know of any other coach that's really that much better for him so
1: and you you said of Arians yeah he's he's the quarterback guy so it's like just like such an unbelievable pairing you know Arians yeah he was with Peyton Manning Ben Roethlisberger Carson Palmer and now Tom Brady
2: and it's like man like you forgot Jameis Winston in between
1: yeah I skipped I skipped him but I mean get it right though like the guy threw for you know for production last year it's just you know he had 30 interceptions on top of it so he produced for the other team
0: no, I agree, man. I mean, Arians is poised to work some magic here with Brady in this offense. And then you just look at the receiver position. Brad, you know, we'll we'll get back to the running backs here. But these receivers, I mean, we got to talk about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I mean, just a killer duo on the outside. Chris Godwin really emerged last year. And I know, Brad, this was a guy that you were high on last year before the draft and somebody that you were uh, projecting a big year from. I wasn't really uh, seeing it that way, uh, you know, but I was definitely interested in Evans, and both of them just really uh, showed out last year and just showed what they could do, you know. I mean, when Evans got injured at the end of the year, how do he get injured? On catching like a 64-yard touchdown bomb, and he pulls up lame after he gets in the end zone, so...
2: At least he got the ball.
0: Yeah, exactly. He caught the ball. He got the touchdown. But it's, I mean, two just great receivers. I mean, what are you expecting these guys to do uh, fantasy-wise this year, Brad? You know, do you think they're going to both be top five wide receivers once again?
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're top five, top six for both of them. I think the thing I liked about Chris Godwin is Mike Evans was the number one and and took the double teams, which left a lot of one-on-ones with Chris Godwin. So
0: And he can just he can beat one on one.
2: Yeah, he's gonna win that matchup almost every single time. And so what happened was once Mike Evans, like you saw, pulled up lame, Chris Godwin took over as the number one, and then you saw Perryman take over all the Godwin numbers. So I like the number two in that system. So and that seems to be Chris Godwin, so that's why I like him a lot. Those Sorry. Safeway selects are doing, or <laughs> Safeway selects kicking in. <laughs> he, he'd, he'd rather
0: talk about Ian Thomas some more, I think, than Mike Evans and Chris. Yeah,
2: he's, he's daydreaming about him. <laughs> I love Ian Thomas.
0: <laughs> he's so good.
1: <laughs> dream, dream,
0: dream.
1: Oh, uh, who are we talking about? We're talking wide receivers. Tampa yeah, Chris Bay.
2: Godwin. You uh, son of a bitch! You didn't listen to a word I said. <laughs> You motherfucker. True. Not true.
0: Not I true. saw you
2: just standing there like, I thought you were like in- <laughs> yeah. hey, It looked listening. like you fell
0: asleep for a second. I don't know. I mean.
2: We are talking about Michael Thomas. Who do you like? Do you like him best or what?
1: Ian Thomas. Ian.
2: Oh, Ian. Yeah. So do you like Ian Thomas?
1: I like Mike Evans this year.
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> we're talking about uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas from uh, Home Improvement. No, just Holy JT? Crap. <laughs> JTT.
1: <laughs> I like JTT man.
0: <laughs> and actually the the Bucks actually have JPP which is kind of interesting on their defense. So imagine yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Actually their defense, now we're early on that, but their defense is good, man. That's an underrated defense. They were already a really good defense last year.
2: All those podcast listeners trying to stick to a diet. You ever like trying to eat some food? Just Google a picture of JPP's hand. Will, You'll you will be set.
0: Afri blew it off of the firework. Two to three hours, you will be set to go. A fat boy on a diet. Don't try it.
2: You don't even have to wow. drink that nasty juice. Just look at the picture. <laughs>
0: You don't have to drink the nasty. Juice.
2: Yeah, that apple vinegar oh, yeah. cider,
1: whatever that shit don't is. Don't take
0: any shots of apple cider. That's a bad idea. Honestly, um,
1: I could see Mike Evans having a pretty big year. We're getting back to where we actually were here. Uh, I could see Mike Evans having a pretty nice year. We'll see how it works out. Who he gets the chemistry with, but um, I have a I have a feeling he's gonna want to just like throw up some of those fifty fifty balls and let Mike Evans go get them. I think he wants to go out there and have a little bit of fun this year, and and just kind of like, you know, go sling it a little bit. So uh, Mike Evans might be my play if I'm if I'm looking at a wide receiver there.
0: And uh, you know, they bring in Rob Gronkowski. Gronk came back from retirement. Uh, he was actually with the WWE for a little bit there, but he's back. He's in Tampa with Brady. You know, I'm expecting him to. Spike the ball in the end zone several times this year. Uh, Rich, you look at that tight end position. You got Gronk, you got OJ Howard, you got Cameron Brait. Uh, which one of those guys are you going to be paying the most for come draft day?
1: Uh, paying the most, uh, that's going to be tough. I, I think all three of those guys are, are worth putting on the roster. H- hard to see how it's going to play out. So I don't know if I, if I'm looking to spend a lot of money on any of them. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Gronk has just like huge hands. <laughs> <laughs> huge, <They're> just huge.
2: <laughs> Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse type hands, dude. On that
1: alone, you know, you might want to just pay the most for him. But you know, no, Brad's obsessed with with Gronk's big hands,
0: dude. The ball disappears. Gronk likes to party too, man. Gronk's gonna be out there on Clearwater Beach. He's gonna be getting after it. So he's got huge hands. The ladies love it. I mean, he's gonna—he's gonna be a star.
2: I mean, do you think he lost anything? I mean, he lost some size. I know he's gonna get it all back. But I mean, I've seen these guys go away from football for a year. It—they—they they just don't jump right back into stride.
1: His quote, like a couple of weeks ago, was, "He's four protein shakes away from his playing weight."
0: <laughs> Sounds like a great <laughs> quote. That's good.
1: That was a Gronk quote for you, yeah. yeah. I thought that one was good. We might have to
0: include a Gronk quote in every episode if they're going to be that good. That was good. <laughs>
1: okay, I'll I'll keep up on the research on that one, the yeah. Gronk quotes. I,
0: I need a Gronk, a daily Gronk quote. <laughs> uh, that's funny, man.
1: To the nitty-gritty of it, I don't know. I, I I probably wouldn't really be trusting any of those three tight ends. It's hard, too hard to tell which one's really going to, like, be the bread and butter of of Brady, you know. I, I mean, you you'd want to lean towards Gronk, but he's expensive. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he's super expensive, but uh, he's too much to pay. Let's put it that way. I, I don't want to pay ten dollars. You don't on think him.
2: people are going to pay him? Pay fifteen, twenty bucks, bucks on him?
1: Fifteen? Oh my god! I think people are
2: going to pay fifteen, twenty for him. I don't think he's worth it, but I think someone will pay. Yeah, him.
1: yeah, it's way too much. I'd pay eight, maybe.
2: Yeah. And what do you pay for OJ Howard? I, I mean, I don't even know if he's getting the balls. So like, to me, he's worth a dollar, you know? Yeah.
1: Maybe two to secure him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would see him going in that range and Gronk. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, he's just, he's got that name factor again. You know, you got when he got a 12 team league and you, you just don't know what everybody's thinking come draft day. And, And who knows, man? Yeah, Maybe somebody has, it gets down to Gronk being drafted and somebody's still got a wad of money left and they just got to spend it. So they're just going to outbid whoever because they're going to say, I want Gronk, you know? So it's it's stuff like that that can go down in the auction where you know you just can't you can't predict how it's going to all play out
1: I I think you're right about that that when it, it, it's funny that it comes down to that but like no matter what if you're in a 12 team league you do know that there are there there's a name that like attaches itself to a certain player in that league there's just like that ratio of like there's okay there's a guy out there who really likes Gronk he just likes him like, in, in, in a way that just doesn't really necessarily even have anything to do with like what he sees. On, yeah. what, he just likes his big ass hands. Like, <laughs> he just likes it. He likes his smile. I don't get it. But, no, I'm just saying, yeah, there's there's certain things. There's certain named players that yeah. just ring out for certain players within your league, every league. If you've got 10, 12 guys, there's somebody who likes Todd Gurley. Really. There's somebody who likes Gronk. They just like him. They're like, man, I like having that guy on my roster. I have certain players I like when they're on my roster. Even if they're underproducing a little bit, I kind of like – Give them a little bit of leeway in my brain space for it that I'm like, nah, man, that's cool. Like, uh, Zeke's got my back. Like, yeah. he, he's going to he's gonna come through. So, like, I, I think there is that that plays in when it comes to these drafts that, that people will overpay a little bit. They'll be like, nah, man, you know what? I'll spend four or five more bucks than I thought I should, but at
0: least I got my Gronky on my roster. <laughs> got my Gronk. He's going to be spiking it.
2: That's the thing, too, about the auction, which makes it such a cool, like, so many variables in it. Because it really depends on when someone gets nominated, you know. Because if he's the first tight end off the board, I could see him going for 25 you know. If people throw up Kittle, Kelsey, you know, like someone likes Fan, You know, sometimes you sneak fan in there and people are like, who the fuck is Fan?" So you might get him for a dollar and you might be like two people like, oh, I kind of liked him. And then he jumps up to like six bucks for some reason. When really he shouldn't. So like it really depends on where he goes and if people have tight ends. Like we all talked about those top four or five running backs go and all of a sudden there's six people in our league that don't have or maybe even eight people in our league that don't have a top running back. So then they go reach like Rich said and pay too much for something else. So if they get prompted in that range, you know, sometimes they could just go out of your reach because people are reaching to grab something and then you need to back off and just go for, you know, option A or B, I mean C or B from that point on.
0: Gronk's definitely one of those guys that, you know, it's going to depend on when he's thrown out there. Like you said, when, you know, in the auction, when he's nominated, you know, whether it's early, whether it's the middle or whether somehow he, you know, fades out to the late before somebody uh, throws him out there. But, you you know, because people have that bankroll in the beginning, like you said. So
2: Yeah, everyone's got 200 bucks. If he's the first person nominated, I mean...
0: Well, not even the first, but I mean, just, you know, you think about even if he's like the 10th guy nominated, you're, you're sitting there, maybe you haven't drafted anybody yet. He's still got 200 bucks in your bankroll. You know, other people are filling up their rosters and you're going, there's Gronk. Huh? You know, that might be somebody you just overpay. He's on. a big name, man. Yeah. I'm going to go get him. So that's interesting.
1: Well, that's kind of like, I mean, I've used that strategy in my nomination strategy mid auction is like to kind of be like, okay, like we've had, the number one tight end already go off. Let me put up somebody who's like the number four tight end right now, so it sucks up some value. Yeah, um, someone's going to overpay even because it's a little bit out of order. Someone's going to end up most likely overpaying in that situation. So that's kind of a, a strategy I like to use a lot when I'm nominating my guys uh, that I that I'm not like interested in. That'd be, like, the perfect setup. Like, I'm not looking for Gronk anything over 15 bucks. So, like, in that scenario, I'm setting it up to where, like, I don't have the interest for sure. Let's put him up there. Let's let's get somebody else overpaying. Yeah. I
0: th- and there's
2: also things, too, like, with an auction draft. Like, four years ago, Aaron Rodgers was the very first person put up. And I don't know what it was. People weren't logged in. People didn't want him. He was, like, the fourth or fifth best quarterback that year. And I think he got it for, like, 16 bucks. You know, and the next quarterback went for like 35, and it was like, whoa, how did that happen? But sometimes that first person, people aren't ready. People don't want to spend money. You know, that it can be really tricky who you put up as that first nominee. You might sneak by and get someone really cheap if people are afraid to pull the trigger or have no interest rate at, in the beginning. Once you more people go away, the man goes high and, you know, changes everything.
0: Yeah, I think uh, sometimes what I like to do. Um, not every time, but if maybe if I spend a little bit of money and, you know, go big on a couple players and I'm kinda of thinking, hey, I need to sit back for a little bit during the draft and not spend anything, you know, then when it comes to my nomination, then I'm gonna nominate somebody that I know I don't want, but I think other people will want and that, you know, he may get bid up. You know, sometimes that's a strategy I'll use, like you said, just to suck up some of the value while you're sitting there. You know, waiting until the time's right for you to make another pick.
2: Yeah, and try and bring everyone's values down closer to yours. So like you said, the person you think is going to draw the most money from someone else, get everyone bringing back down to you so now you can compete with them rather than them just having like $100 more than you and outbend you in every position.
0: Yeah, and it all goes so fast. It's like it's this deck that you're shuffling the whole draft. You know, it's like you're just making adjustments on the fly, but – that's uh yeah, that's an interesting point. Alright, fellas. Well all that's left to talk about with the Bucks and their uh completely revamped uh squad down there, their Super Bowl contender squad, dare I say, uh, is the defense and uh you mentioned it, Rich. They have uh they have some vets on the line. They have some uh young studs in the uh you know, in the middle of their uh defense there. So uh, this looks like a defense that could do some damage. Uh Pick up some fantasy points. You know, you pair it with a strong offense that Bruce Arians is going to be running. You know, they got Dominican Sue this year, uh, Vita Vea uh, JPP is on that line with his mangled stump of a hand. Uh, PSA for you kids out there. Uh, play with fireworks safely, please. And then the linebackers are really nice with Devin White, Levante David, and Shaquille Barrett. Uh, Rich, what what are your thoughts on this Tampa D?
1: Uh, Tampa defense is is looking pretty nice. I think um, with with paired with the what I expect to be a really good offense, um, I could see this defense being pretty pretty good. Um, they were top five last year against the run. I expect to be that or better this season. Um, I, I I think I could see them putting teams in a bad position a lot of times. So uh Tampa Bay is some somebody I'm definitely interested in as a defense uh I'm I'm not one that pays a ton for defenses but you know five buck range might solidify you a really good defense um last year they closed out the season they were the number one defense over the last uh, four weeks so as a fantasy defense so I think um I think it's a under the radar team. Definitely, should be interesting.
2: Yeah, I think with the newcomers of Tom Brady, Gronkowski, and all the weapons they already have, the offense is going to be putting up points, and so the other team's offense is going to have to score points to keep up. So they're gonna they're gonna have to put a lot of take a lot of risk. Defense is going to take a lot of opportunities, and I think take those and score some points. So, I think you're going to see a lot of touchdowns from them. So, like Rich said. I mean, five bucks, that's a little high, I think. they are I don't know if they're going to go for that, but I think you're going to get your value if you pay that. I'm hoping to get them for maybe like three bucks. Definitely, if you know a defense, you can just kind of plug in there and be very happy with. And I see them possibly being the top five. So definitely someone that's on my radar of this whole division. I think this is the
1: defense to get. Real, real quick, we we didn't hit the the backfield,
0: <laughs> right, on, man? Yeah, I was gonna mention. I think uh, I think we might we might be high guys because we completely forgot to talk about the running back. <laughs> uh, did we? Yeah, did we, though, we did. We did skip over that.
2: Some would say we're on an enlightened level, yeah. and we don't need to talk about the backfield.
1: <laughs> Maybe it was understood. I I do think it's a backfield to be that could be interesting, but you got to like, it's one of those ones. So you got to feel it out and see, yeah. see what happens. So, you know, Ronald Jones, they drafted a rookie um, Keyshawn Vaughn. So yeah, I, it's going to be one of those two guys or, or a combination of both, but that's just a wait and see kind of situation. That's, that's pretty simple, pretty easy.
2: I mean, yeah. how much do you think Ronald Jones goes for? Cause I mean, he he did pretty well last year. I thought they utilized him really well. You know, it's kind of like a James White and like also like a little bit of a power back. So I could see Tom Brady kind of, you know, being pretty happy with him. And, you know, when he got the workload, he did well with it. So, you know, he might be a guy that you can get for fairly cheap and he, he might be able to, you know, top 10, 15 back this year.
1: Well, yeah, that that's like an up, an up, a potential upside project type guy. So like, yeah, you know, you, you're going to have a, a certain number of those guys that are drafted and, and, are out there to be the project and you hope four weeks in that you're seeing that production and you're like okay now I've got my starter I've got my third running back to put out there each week
0: yeah so Ronald Jones I mean you just look at he might be one of those guys that you're just like if you get him in the draft he might turn into one of those you know just super value draft picks because their offense is so good you know, and even Keyshawn Vaughn, depending, you know, whether he might be a waiver pickup, who knows. But, it, you know, it's just like Probably. those two backs in that offense, if one of them really starts clicking and really starts finding their game, finding their feet, you know, underneath them in that offense, that could be a real nice play. So definitely one you're going to want to monitor for sure, man.
2: And Ronald Jones cut a lot of balls out of the backfield. So I think that with Tom Brady is going to be really big. And like you said, Mark, 50 for Gurley, you know, back with the possible injury prone. Wouldn't you rather spend thirty-five and get like a back that's solid, not so injury-prone, and then spend fifteen and get a Ronald Jones and have those two guys?
0: Right, right. Versus yeah, that one
2: question mark.
0: And that's definitely one way to think about it, bro. Because yeah, and you look at this offense, and yeah, I mean the running back's gonna be involved, so it's uh, and they're gonna be putting up a massive amount of points, in my opinion. So, I like it, man. All right, fellas, and now we're going to get on to our last team in the NFC South, and who dat? We're going down to New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints, and they got a pretty damn good football team down there in the Big Easy, and uh, let me tell you guys, um, Drew Brees Uh, He was the center of a little bit of controversy recently, but it looks like hopefully him and his uh, all-pro teammates ironed all that out. But at the same time, you know, Drew Brees is one of those quarterbacks that could uh, lead your team to the Super Bowl any given year. He's that good. So Uh, Drew Brees this year, Brad, are you thinking he may slow down a little bit uh, getting up there in age? Or are you expecting just another uh, Pro Bowl caliber season from Mr. Drew Brees?
2: Uh, I actually expect a better year out of him than last year. I think the weapons that came around in last year, they had somewhat of a disappointing season. So with Tom Brady coming to the division, I see them really trying to make a push and prove that they're still the team to beat. Drew Brees only has about maybe one, two years left in him, and he really wants the Super Bowl. So I think Camara's is going to kind of step it up and he could be great.
1: That's good points about Drew Brees. I think he could have a good fantasy season. Seems like he got through that turmoil pretty well and navigated that pretty well, so I think he'll be good with his teammates. Um, Just uh, the new option of Emmanuel Sanders is going to look pretty nice there, so I think that um, that gives him some pretty good options, and obviously Sean Payton knows how to use that quarterback, and they know how to uh, gel together so I'm, I I always look forward to Drew Brees for a super nice pretty even value every time like he doesn't really ever go for a ton of money but um he's always good value I like Drew Brees
0: I like Drew Brees too I mean just a quality quarterback he's gonna have those four and five touchdown games usually uh two three times a year you know and those are always uh Uh, big fantasy games they you know that'll boost your score real quick if if he has one of those type of games and uh you look at that receiving core and Michael Thomas he had his best year of his career and he's been nothing but solid since he came into the league but he really took it to a new stratosphere last year uh I believe he ended the season as the number one receiver in fantasy football
2: (coughs) number one huh Mark (laughs) didn't you have him last year
0: I did. I don't want to toot his horn too hard, because I'm hoping people forgot about him, so I can uh, get him again.
1: If he toots his horn, he's tooting his own horn. <laughs>
0: uh, toot, toot. Toot, toot. I'm not a self-tooter on the horn, man. I let other people toot. Uh, that doesn't sound right either. <laughs> okay, my wife is the only one who's allowed to toot my horn. No, just kidding. Uh,
2: <laughs> that is a whole kind of tooting. I didn't want to pick you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh but yeah Michael Thomas, I did draft him last year, Brad. That is correct. It was a forty dollar draft pick. Uh turned out to be uh money well spent. Yeah, some good value with him. Um, you know, Brad was trying to talk me into a trade, probably in like week five before Michael Thomas really started putting together some big games. And you know, he made me think about My it.
2: Hello, sell so high.
0: Yeah, Brad was uh making a good argument. But not quite good enough to get me to part with Michael Thomas, a player of his caliber.
2: I almost got him off you one time, too. But you never, you just couldn't pull the trigger.
0: Yeah, yeah. We've, we've talked about a number of different uh, deals to try to balance it out. And there were some that were pretty close. Um, so, you know, he's just a great player. Uh, and, Brad, I know if you've been on him. I think you had him when he was a rookie. I didn't even know who he was. And you were telling me about, it, like, oh, this Michael Thomas guy, he's freaking good. And uh, yeah, he's just been gotten better and better with each year, year of his career. And uh, it all just clicked for him last year, even with Teddy Bridgewater in there, which was impressive. I mean, you know, the fact that he had a nice connection with Bridgewater and Breeze, that just shows you the uh, caliber of receiver that he is. And they have Emmanuel Sanders, bro. So he was uh, a rental for the 49ers. So, you know, they brought him over for their little Super Bowl run, you know, thinking he might be the piece to put him over the top. And He had a couple nice games for them, but then in the Super Bowl, he unfortunately disappeared a little bit. Uh, Jimmy G was not able to deliver the ball to him in stride, and they didn't have any big plays. But, uh, you know, you pair a guy like Emmanuel Sanders with Michael Thomas, Rich, what do you think of that uh, receiving duo? Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty deadly duo, man. Um, Not many offenses do
1: I feel like they can legit hold two wide receiver ones um in our league you know that's the top 12 um but I think this is going to get real close to that situation um I I could see Emmanuel Sanders coming in about 10-12 this year uh averaging a solid 14 points in our standard league somewhere around there and being really really good value in our league um our league similar setup like ours so um I like this wide receiver duo. Um, I expect them to kind of just have that steady production. Uh, they've been missing having that true number two wide receiver. So getting in Emmanuel Sanders, I mean, he's almost he's almost a one B. I mean, he's a very good wide receiver. I mean, he's he, I think he's underrated. So. Good pickup this year would be Emmanuel Sanders in my opinion. Yeah,
2: I think it could be very similar to Evans Godwin over there in Tampa across the way. You know, just having a guy like Michael Thomas, then you bring in a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. So if you do double up Michael Thomas, Sanders is going to have some great numbers. So like Rich said, for the number, you can get him pretty cheap while getting the production while Michael Thomas you're for sure gonna have to pay for him so
1: with Drew Brees throwing the ball man like that just like amps it up I'm 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 pretty solid on I mean I could see depending on where the values are too I mean Michael Thomas will be probably his value again don't you think I mean like to me like you paid 40 last year I don't think that happens again because he was number one but yeah but um, even if you pay 50 you're getting the value Yeah, I mean, if if that's – generally speaking, that's about where we go. Tops on a wide receiver. It's been like 55, I think, before. But, like, in that range, it's still pretty close with Michael Thomas. So, like –
2: Well, yeah, but what do you think uh, Samuel's going for?
1: uh, Oh, Emmanuel Sanders. um, Sanders, sorry. uh, I think he's a $15, 20, $20 range type guy.
2: Yeah, so if you're getting that number one production out of him and you can save 30 bucks.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, what I'm saying I mean, that's, that's what I'm
2: saying that he might be the play is go get him because he's going to have a lot more open targets just because I think Thomas is going oh, to get yeah. a lot more double coverage.
1: Well, I could see it, but I mean, I do think it is tough to with all the options there. You look at they have Kamara, they have Thomas Sanders, they have Jared Cook, who we haven't even spoken on yet. Um, but and then there's still, you know, uh, Traquan Smith as, as a wide receiver. So it's like, To me, like there's, there's all that like scattered about, like, so like I don't see how you always, I mean, you're going to want a double team, but can you really, can you accomplish that with how many options there are out there? This is a fucking potent offense really.
0: Oh yeah. It is potent. Like the finest of dank, nice and potent with (laughs) all the hairs on there. But, uh, Yeah, you look at Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and Emmanuel Sanders, like you said, Rich, I mean, he is the he's got the type of talent, the type of upside to be a top 12, top 10 receiver. And especially you think about a future Hall of Famer like Drew Brees throwing him the ball. I mean, he has never had a quarterback like that throwing him the ball. You know, Emmanuel Sanders hasn't. So, Drew Brees was not missing that throw that uh, Jimmy he, he has the potential to step his game up uh, this year. And, yeah, I guess the difference for me, Brad, you know, you kind of mentioned the Godwin and Evans comparison. I, I think those two are a little bit closer. You know, they'll end up uh, closer to each other at the end of the season in the rankings. But Michael Thomas, you know, I'm looking at top three, you know, almost guaranteed type of guy where Sanders could maybe push into the top ten. You know, so that's that's where the price difference would come in. But yeah, uh Sanders could definitely be a value play, man, because I think, you know, some people might have forgot that he landed on the Saints and uh he's got Drew Brees throwing the ball to him now. That's that's gonna make a big difference for his game. Yeah, I'm looking
2: yeah, forward I, to it. Yeah, I I think it's gonna be a big production.
0: So um we kind of blazed
1: over it, but what are you guys thinking about uh Camara? What's um what are you guys
0: where are you at with him this year? Oh yeah, that is not a dude we want to glaze over because Alvin Kamara is a beast, and he he deserves to be taught. There's just so many good players on this team. I mean, you got to talk about all of them. <laughs> so no particular order; they're all freaking great. But yeah, Alvin Kamara, Rich. Uh, wow, I, I'm expecting a top five, maybe top three uh, performance from him um, coming out of the backfield. He's been awesome since he was a rookie, and you know, as a rookie, Rich, I'm sure you remember because he was a uh, diamond in the rough a waiver wire gem that you uncovered uh early in his rookie career and you know he kind of carried you uh, on a deep playoff run as i recall and he's just such a talented kid uh he kinda runs a little different than any other back that I could remember. He's so shifty and uh just able to put on moves that may make a uh, linebackers miss, but not only miss, but they miss by a lot, you know. They're just diving all over the place trying to get a piece of him and he's just, you know, scampering down the sideline. He's he's really good. Uh can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's proven that. Um, you know, I, I was wondering last year with the departure of Mark Ingram if his game was gonna you know, remain where it was. And it did. I think he was a little slowed by some injuries over the course of the year, but that's the type of back I would be just fine with going, you know, to the 65-70 range to get him. What about you, Brad?
2: Yeah, I think Kamara, like you said, he's going to be 3-5 to five for sure. I actually think he kind of had a disappointing season for most of the fantasy owners last year for what they're expecting. But I think he's going to have a much better year this year. With, like you said, the new addition of Sanders, Tom Brady coming to the division, I think, is going to fire this team up because they want to go and they want to win. So they know they got to beat Tom Brady. They got to be good. So I see the Saints coming out and being good all season long because they they want to prove something. So I like a lot of the guys on their team.
1: Well, I thought it was interesting what you said, Mark, about um, Kamara and like kind of his elusiveness. But I think um, I I definitely see that. I I think him and uh, Christian McCaffrey are like two of like the most elusive type backs right now. Um, But I think an undervalued portion of Kamara's game that I kind of like seen is that like, he finishes out plays with extra yardage almost every time, no matter what the plays like finishing out, like he, he's not afraid of a little contact too. He, he kind of actually is bigger than he like uh, appears out there. Like he's got more muscle to him. So he knows how to finish some plays. So like, I like it on that level too. So I I definitely like Kamara. Yeah. Another one of my rookie sensations that I like to call him. So um, yeah, I, I like him again this year. I think he'll be good. I I I collect rookie uh, skill players. He puts
2: them in a little chest in his closet.
1: No, I collect them. I collect them. Okay. like Terry yeah. McLaurin last year. Yeah. Okay, so Miles they're all Sanders. they're all like in little jars, Sanders. on a shelf. Oh yeah. I, and, you know, I have those you know, star-studded ones named Alvin Kamara, named uh, Ezekiel Elliott I also had as a rookie. The What's rookie
0: it? collector. Okay, I like it, man. I, I am the
1: rookie collector. You got Kenny Galladay. Kenny G. Kenny G. Yep. my boy.
0: <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, Kamara, I mean, he, like you said, man, he just he's, – he's so uh, just different as a running back and – He's got everything you're looking for. Uh, I was going to say something really cool about him, but then I forgot. It's Weed is a
2: powerful thing.
0: Weed is a powerful drug, man. Uh, yeah, but he's good, man. I'll just say that much. He's good at football, the game.
2: Yeah, I think you're solid in
0: that.
1: <laughs> but what, do you, uh, what did you guys say for his, his number, his value?
0: Yeah, I said I'd go I'd go like 65, 70, no problem, and get a guy like him.
1: Yeah,
2: I think he's going to go sixty, seventy, somewhere in there for sure. Yeah. Okay. You want him at fifty-five, don't
1: you? Uh, I mean, I'd love him at fifty-five. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: What do I, you think he's worth, though? What do you think he's going to go for?
1: Probably sixty-five, seventy, somewhere in that range. People, people like a name, and I think he's kind of become a name. I, I, so I think I think it drives up the price a little bit. Like obviously, like when we talk certain names, it just it just blows up, you know. People pay more money because they hear that name. So I think I think Camara's kinda gotten to that stature of like people do expect him to be top five, so they'll pay for it like that.
0: He's got Latavius Murray back there too. Uh that's a guy that did see
2: That guy's a beast, man.
0: Significant amount of playing time last year when uh
2: I would trade a top three back for that dude.
1: <laughs>
0: Derrick Henry for
1: him. Oh
2: that's my god, good. done. Send it. Makes done. Sense Send it. you
0: baby. You don't even gotta talk me into it. It just makes Dude, sense. Dude, no.
1: Yeah. Murray. Oh yeah, hell yeah. We're griping. It's it's passive aggressive but griping, but brought to you by all of us. <laughs> yeah.
2: There's a trade done last year for Latavius Murray, the backup for a number three Derrick
1: Henry. There is more involved, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like you said, Rich at the tight end position they have Jared Cook. Uh he. Did all right last year, probably one of his better years as a pro. He's kind of been around uh, several different teams, and, you know, he's always kind of that tight end that he's so big and, uh, you know, just a huge target, pretty good hands. But he's never really put together, you know, the, the eye-popping like top two, top three type of campaign. But he's a pretty solid tight end play. Um, are you thinking that's a guy you might want to roster at some point? I could see it.
1: I mean, if I'm not involved with uh, some of the top four, maybe tight ends, then maybe I get involved with um, two of these guys in this division. I could go, you know, cook and Ian Thomas and kind of flip flop and play
0: those two guys. I mean, he really loves that. uh, He loves that Ian Thomas guy, but go ahead. (laughs) Oh, did I mention him again? (laughs) Just threw that in
1: there. Okay. Uh, But no, like you said, Jared Cook, you know, he's he's um, he's a good – he's almost a wide receiver kind of, man. He's He's got the talent. So, you know, being with the Drew Brees system, I think he's a serviceable guy. Back back end of the number ones at tight end. So, number 12, somewhere in there. I'd definitely take a flyer on it, have him on my roster. If I don't have one of these other skill guys, or maybe if I'm a Drew Brees owner, it might be a good little tandem.
2: Yeah, I kind of feel like if you're spending your money on running backs and wide receivers, you're going really heavy, getting two big top dogs and trying to fill it out with a really nice wide receiver. And you're kind of looking for, you know, a tight end worth one, two, three bucks. You know, he's a great fill-in. You know Drew Brees likes to spread the ball out. You know, anyone who's open always feels safe with the tight end. So he always likes that dink-dunk, get the ball down the field. So, Jerry Cook, and he's proven really reliable to just catch the ball and run with it. You know, he's a big target. So, if you only have a couple bucks to spend, I think he is someone you definitely want to put in your list and try and go after.
0: Right on, man. Yeah, he's he's just one of those guys. He's not going to be the steady touchdown producer most likely, but he will be, you know, he'll get his uh, his yardage and get a touchdown here and there. And like you said, when Drew Brees is throwing it, I mean, that's – hey. I mean, anybody can catch those balls. They're right there, you know, in between the numbers. Hey, oversight, oversight by us
1: here, guys. Um, we 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 talked the QB position, but we did
0: not talk crab wakes. Oh yeah, we got to get to Jameis. <laughs> Jameis, I mean, we need to. We're talking about Drew Brees here. You know, who knows? Jameis Winston is the starter. Lookout.
2: If you you go get Drew Brees and you let's say you pay like I don't know what's he going for fifteen twenty five bucks somewhere in there pretty big range. Do you go get crab legs for $1?
0: Uh, I would think about it. You know, it's tough in our league to carry a a, a backup quarterback like that. Cause they're both going to have the same buy, but you know, it, it is a nice insurance policy and they also got Taysom Hill, you know, and Sean uh, Payton always seems to mix him in and, you know, creative ways, you know, Taysom Hill scored several touchdowns over the last couple of years. So not like exactly a fantasy play yet, but you know, maybe this year they get him even more involved. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, Jameis Winston, I think it's it might be a good spot for him to learn behind Breeze. Uh, I think it did wonders for Teddy Bridgewater in his career. And, you know, maybe in a year or two, Jameis is a starter again somewhere else. I don't know. Jameis yeah. uh, James,
1: James made a good call to go to the New Orleans, I would say that, football-wise. You know, that's – I don't know about fantasy-wise. I, I I'd be – I'd be looking elsewhere for you know a quarterback if I was a Drew Brees guy. Um, I'd say okay, let's let's find somebody who I know is a starter, a back end starter. You know, I'll go. Uh, Derek Carr may be sitting on the wire at some point in this year. Yeah, so I'm like, not
2: I'm not wasting the, one of my six bench spots for that. You know.
1: No, I don't think I hold it for that because then I'm going to end up making a move anyway when it comes to the bye week, like Mark said. And he's
2: like, going to be dropped.
1: Yeah. So why why sit there with it? But no, yeah. Um, no, Jameis Winston football on the football field like make, makes a good decision to go to New Orleans, and um, he got his eyes fixed. He got he got LASIK, so. <laughs> that always helps for a quarterback. I heard that I was like, um, okay, like how bad was your vision, bro? Like, what are we right. talking about? Uh, he got his eyes fixed. That's uh, all. Awesome. Yeah, he's he's gonna go out and fucking tear it up now. He's gonna go learn from Drew Brees for yeah. one year, and then he's gonna be like, oh, I, I I understand everything. Yeah. <laughs> Crab
2: legs, you make my heart sing. He sees oh.
0: everything. <laughs> so. He's he's up there just chucking it. He's like throwing it 40 yards to Evans and just starts squinting. Like, did you catch it? Did you get it? That was the other guy again, damn it. <laughs> Every time, man. Uh, How come I can't see those guys? They're all one guy. <laughs> if Drew Brees
2: gets hurt and he goes out and performs, yeah. he's going to have a starting job by next season.
0: Same as Bridgewater, dude. Same thing, yeah. Bridgewater got $67 million, yeah. It's a pretty
2: smart move on his part, yeah. you know, If and – they might win a Super Bowl. So, like, too, yeah. could win a Super Bowl, you know?
0: Oh, hell yeah, man. This is a Super Bowl caliber team for sure, man. This is a team that's oh, yeah. going to be knocking on the door and, uh, you know, they might actually get there. Um, switching to the other side, uh, looking at the Saints defense, uh, good defense. Um, usually they play pretty good in the Dome down there at the uh, Superdome in New Orleans. And, you know, the home crowd gets behind them. You know, they, they've they got some star players on there. You like guys like uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, they brought over Janoris Jenkins, Kiko Alonso, uh, Cameron Jordan's on the line. So they have, uh, they got some playmakers out there. Um, that might be a defense that's worth drafting. I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from them because they burned me one year, but that's all right. Uh, they're still a good defense. So what do you think, Rich? The Saints on your radar? I, I I'm in the same boat as you, man.
1: last year's trade I traded for the New Orleans Saints and they burned me so (laughs) personally I probably won't be interested but yeah they're they're good enough defense I definitely um, I like these playmakers Uh, that's why I tried to pick them up last year I do think something I would kind of be wary of is um, that home field you know we're going to see, like, I, 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 I'm having a hard time buying that we're going to have, like, fans in the stadiums. I think they're just going to be playing games, man. So, like, um, does that kind of dull out um, that home field a bit? So, like, that's, that's going to be something to think about when it comes to these types of teams. Because I, th- I do think New Orleans is always that kind of energy team. So, that's one thing to kind of think of is, like, all right, we're not getting that energy from that crowd.
0: Yeah, that, that didn't even cross my mind, man. That's a good point because, yeah, that crowd down there just gets so rowdy, so yeah. raucous, uh, you know, it really just elevates uh, the play for the whole team. So, uh, that's a good point, man. Yeah, it's it's still a uh, wait and see is how that's all going to play out, how how many fans are going to be allowed at the stadium and if it can reach the mm-hmm. decibel level that they're accustomed to, you know. Well, so,
1: yeah, if 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 they're doing even, you know, 25% capacity or something, yeah. like –
0: that twenty five percent capacity is not going to cause the false starts on the other team that that does you know when it's a packed house in there. So that's true.
2: Yeah, Drew Brees at home is a lot different than Drew Brees on the road.
0: Yeah, he's been like that like his whole career. It seems like doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's just like
2: twelve points on Deller the road at and
0: home, and yeah,
2: thirty something points at home.
0: It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I agree, man. Well, even when he's on the road in a dome, he usually like when he goes to Atlanta, he usually has good games. He's pretty much just seems like a dome quarterback, though. He gets out in the elements, and it's not that he can't play. He's just not putting up the it's game. It's just game. okay. I think,
1: I think he manages those games. I think he, like, goes out there and just manages those games. He doesn't take as many risks in those games. He really just kind of and shortens up his game a little bit, brings everything closer into him. And that makes sense. I mean, that kind of like he, he, he feels like he's got to go out there and just kind of secure the wins where, like, you get home, you, he can he can really let it loose, you know what I mean? And and those domes, I bet he does – I'm sure he does feel a little
0: stronger than domes. Let's wrap up this NFC South. We've talked a lot about it. We've talked about the stars, the studs, the – fantasy storylines going into this season and like we said this division is just going to be a huge producer of fantasy points on every team there's uh players that you just gotta like that you gotta be uh interested in when it comes to draft day when it comes to how the division's going to shake out you know i I do think that tampa and new orleans are are going to be the top two teams you know the cream of the crop and going to be a battle uh but i do lean towards the saints uh pulling it out this This, to me, looks like a team that could be in the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, I do think Tampa will make it close. I could see them even making the playoff themselves. But I do see the Saints uh, winning the division and possibly some home field advantage going throughout the NFC.
1: We've we've all kind of almost come to consensus on most of our divisions because I agree. I think New Orleans kind of has separated themselves They're there's that one little notch above. I do agree that Tampa Bay's right there. Uh, I think uh, I think the other two teams could kind of be sleepers though. Um, it's hard to tell with what we'll see with Matt Rule and Carolina, but. I think they could be decent teams, at least, and and sleeper type teams. So at least teams to keep an eye on and see see if they can trend upward during the year too. Like, you know, some teams are bad, but you get to the back half of that season and you start to slide in and see like, oh, okay, this team's really improving, and and there there's good players to be had on those teams because everybody at the beginning of the season's going. Oh, Carolina's garbage or you know, Atlanta's garbage this year. Like they, they ain't going nowhere or whatever. But if they like start to like, you know, arc upward, that's the teams you want to get on and get and get players on. They can they can be high in value that leads you into your playoffs. See that move? <laughs> Straight up into the
0: playoffs. Uh, yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta, you know, they're one of those teams that They have the makings in their offense to be like a powerhouse. I mean, they just have a ton of great skill position players. So you just wonder. We know, we know you love the Falcons. (laughs) (laughs) Gurley
1: loves the Gurley man. I still, I still don't think they're over
2: that Super Bowl, man. Like that Super Bowl really fucked with their heads. Like they need to go see counselors. Every single one of them.
0: They do have. PTSD up uh, from that super bowl yeah. uh, for sure but uh yeah i mean they're an offensive juggernaut rich and they are going to dominate <laughs> all the way to an eight and eight record no just kidding <laughs> doing this division has been fun because yeah. like honestly like there's like
1: so many good players in yeah, this division a lot of
0: good teams it's crazy
1: yeah i mean like
0: all all sorts of good players like I, love I mean it, man. I think Atlanta, you look at the rest of the NFC. I mean, they have two of the better teams right there in div- their division with Tampa and New Orleans, but Atlanta seems like they should be able, able to handle, you know, most of the other teams in the NFC except for like San Francisco and, you know, maybe Dub Bears, but if Tampa
2: went or won the division, would you guys be that surprised?
0: Oh, not at all. No. Not, a, not at all. I think
2: Tampa could if, win it for sure. If Carolina won the division, would you be surprised? Yes. I would be too. What about Atlanta?
1: Mildly shocked, but not surprised. I I, I would I would be verging on surprised. I'm. I'm
2: so who who's the worst team in that division?
1: Carolina, Carolina, Atlanta or Carolina, Carolina. Okay. Carolina. They're a little bit of a deficit in the talent department, and they got to get they got
0: to get their feet wet with the new coach. I think it takes some time with the new system. The Saints are looking like a thirteen and three, fourteen and two type of team to me. So now we're going to go ahead and name, you know, as we like to do around here, smoke a little weed, and then name our breakout players from the NFC South. Just a little quick uh, fantasy breakout, somebody you might want to just keep in the back of your mind. And uh, Brad, I'll go ahead and send it over to you first, man. Who are you liking out of the NFC South to really uh, surprise some people this year?
2: Uh, I would have to go with Ronald Jones. I think uh, he's got a quarterback that's going to take care of the ball, likes to dump it off. Uh, He was a good pass catcher. He also did well running the ball. I think with Tom Brady being there, their offense is going to be in better position, so He's going to get more opportunities. And I just like what he did with the little opportunity he had last year. So I think he's going to run with it. And I feel like he's going to be cheap because not a lot of people know about him. So he's kind of the guy I look out for
1: uh let's see who i got for my uh breakout guy i hate to do it to you mark but um i think i think for what i can see for the Todd value it might be ito smith
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> ouch what oh okay
1: you're get him you get him from one dollar right okay and then Todd Gurley is going to be too dinged up this year. He's still going to be Mr. Todd Gurley who can't finish the season. It's a whole another year, so he wears out real quick. And then you've got Edo Smith. He's filling right in. Edo Smith is actually a nice, serviceable back, so I think he he could fit right back in and, and fill his role. He was serviceable last year, fantasy wise. So when he would really have the role, I think it would be good. So for value, I don't think you can beat that.
0: Ah, uh, the difference between optimism and pessimism right there on display, folks. <laughs> See, I'm a, I'm a optimist. I think Todd Gurley is going to come out there healthy, rejuvenated, ready to put in the work and get back to his old form. I'm just, I mean, yeah, I've talked to him up here and there, but... I, uh, I talked him up quite a bit. I made Rich do a lap around the room. <laughs> I mean, I talked him up a lot. But I do believe that, you know, he's not done. 20 extra dollars a lot. I just believe that he's, uh, you know, he could still get back to that old Todd Gurley, man. I'm not convinced that it, it's, it's gone forever, man. He was so good for a couple of years and a uh, little banged up last couple of years. But like I said, he had 14 touchdowns last year, man. That's not bad. No, I mean, I like, I like it. I like touchdowns, but um... –
1: I don't know, man. It just worries me. Two years in a row, it's already two years of injuries, so it just a third year. I mean, these are, these are his knees. He's, he ain't, he ain't that healthy. So I don't know. I'm, I'm scared. So. (laughs) Edo
0: Smith for a dollar. All right, man. Edo
1: Smith for a dollar. I don't know. Actually the other guy I was kind of interested in is actually, I didn't want to, the only guys I could think of, I actually like want to undermine both of you guys. So I didn't know what to do, but (laughs) Keyshawn Vaughn is my other guy that I was thinking about. Keyshawn Vaughn, the, the other running back in Tampa Bay. Um, I kind of think he could be the same sort of thing where like I can spend almost nothing on him and he might wind up being the actual back by like, you know, that back half of the season. Keyshawn Vaughn could actually end up being like the Miles Sanders type this season where it's like, it takes a long time. Okay, now he knows the offense. They start to grow that trust. And then towards back half of the season, it gets about week 10, Bruce Arian's looking at the team. He goes, hey man, why don't we get Keyshawn Vaughn going? And then it's kind of his rock right at playoff time, which was like, that was like the progression I got out of Miles Sanders last year. It was like perfect. It just worked out perfect. So, I mean, you know, it's not always going to work out like that with your projects, but Keyshawn Vaughn could be a project just like that. But of course my, my two guys were like uh, against you. Yeah, well, no, don't,
0: don't worry about undermining Brad, dude. He's, he's cool. It's nice. <laughs> just undermine him all you want, bro. It's, <laughs> it's not a big deal. It, it happens. Uh, <laughs> uh well my uh my little breakout you know uh i'm gonna go ahead and say it i'll be the guy i think uh teddy bridgewater man i think he's gonna be pretty freaking good this year so i'll say uh teddy b you know top 15 maybe push to a top 10 uh quarterback play this year so
2: 25 30 bucks
0: <laughs> oh i'm not gonna go that high on him bro uh, if i keep it under 10 under 8 that'd be nice uh yeah, I don't, think, I don't I think, think you get him in there. I think yeah. I think yeah.
1: five to eight. And then yeah. and then like you said, that that's good value. Like yeah. if he ends up being the number ten quarterback, that's perfect. You
2: got a dollar value. to spend on Edo Smith, so that's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna save my dollar because 'cause I'm not gonna be drafting Edo Smith, so that'll work for me. If you get girly, if you
2: draft Gurley, <laughs> I guarantee Edo Smith will be like four dollars. Yeah. It'll be like four bucks, yeah. I guarantee you.
1: That, that, that might be it. one handcuff to go get, just uh, yeah. you know. Well, they
0: also got that Brian Hill kid <laughs> behind Gurley, who also yeah, yeah, this year, he's so, okay. To see how it he's shakes okay. out, but yeah, those are uh, so we'll say uh, Ito Smith for a buck. Um, we'll say Ronald Jones, and we'll say Teddy B. Those will be our uh, little breakout performers. So yeah, go out and get them. Go get them. Go on and get those guys. Yeah, go get them. Draft with a purpose. Grow a set of balls and just pay $55 for Todd Gurley. That's my recommendation. Oh. And then and then pay one for, you know, <laughs> Edo Smith. For please. Edo Smith. Bring him in behind there. Yeah, please. There you go.
2: please. <laughs> that way, $56 will get you your production.
0: There you
1: go. And you get to that back. We have strategized this correctly.
0: All right. It all makes sense now. All right. Well, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Uh, That was our NFC South breakdown, our fully blown analysis of the NFC South. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Kind of took us a while to get through all of that. I think we set a record for our longest episode ever, but hey. That is a division that is loaded with fantasy talent. So we had to bring all the information to the people. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, Brad and Rich. They dominated it once again. I want to thank all the listeners. The Organic Mob supporting us, giving us props. I appreciate all the people that are true believers. The Organic uh, Kilos, we'll call you guys. Because <laughs> you uh, you push weight. But uh, anyways, guys, um, thanks again for listening. Go ahead and drop, if you don't mind, a subscribe, uh, maybe a little five-star review. Make your kind words to us kinder than the kindest buds, (laughs) and we will return the favor and, uh, hey, maybe help you all win a championship. All right, that's it. Check us out next time on the Organic Football Podcast. Olha
1: Head case. I'll tell you the truth on that guy. He's a head case.